Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro. It is an honor and privilege to share this time with you. We love studying the scriptures and feel they are central to our preaching, teaching, and living of the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. Our mission here is to grow disciples of Jesus Christ who know him, love him, and serve him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. It is our prayer that God would use our preaching and teaching to do exactly that. If you have questions, thoughts, ideas, or just want to talk a little bit more about what you've heard today, we love to hear from you. Most of all, know that you are in our prayers as we listen together. Now, let's dive in. Again, good morning. We are glad you are here with us. This morning we find ourselves entering into this last Sunday of Lent prior to Palm Sunday. If you weren't aware, next week is Palm Sunday. Um, It feels like it has gone very fast this year. During this season of preparation of Lent that we have been in, we have been talking about radical hospitality. Loosely defined, hospitality in a fundamentally different way. So join me now in Matthew 25, 31 through 40, as we encounter Jesus' words to his followers about radical hospitality. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people, one from another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? The king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it also to me. The word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and loving God, we thank you. We thank you for the ability to be present here. We pray that over these next few moments that you would just calm our hearts and our souls, put aside the things that are stopping us from being fully present, and help us to hear a word from you this day. May the the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Amen. 
I want to invite you to do something a little unusual this morning. I want you to close your eyes for just a moment. Please don't fall asleep just yet. And I want you to think about the scripture you just heard. Thinking specifically about these words. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. When you think of these words, what comes to mind? Do people? Do images? Are there places in your past where you can sit and witness someone showing you how to do these things? How have you seen it played out in your life? You can open your eyes. As I read the scripture, there are many images that come to my mind. But then there is the mom from Encanto. How many of you have seen the movie Encanto? It's a Disney movie that came out not too long ago. And it's about a family and much of a community who was leaving their city because it was no longer safe for them to be there. They were a bit of ways out of town and those who wanted to cause them harm found them and killed one of them. It was in that moment that something happened. A magic came upon the family of the man who had died, giving each of his children and their children special abilities. One was strength, one was weather, one was making flowers just by saying it, and one was healing with food. While this last one has always resonated with me because I am a lover of food and of, of, of making food, it wasn't until this week that I figured out why. As I thought about these words of Jesus, I asked myself, how have I seen this played out in my life? Immediately, one image popped into my mind. It was a picture of my mom in her kitchen at our house growing up. While my mom could not necessarily heal with food, it was and is definitely one of her superpowers. When I was growing up, it was common for my mom to be making food to take to someone who was sick. She always took food when someone died, which we're in the South. That's kind of a part of what we do. But I noticed that she would also take food when someone was down often dessert. She used food to brighten their spirits and remind them that they are loved. To this day, when I call my mom to chat, 60 to 70% of the time, she is cooking something to take to someone. Feeding the hungry. And at times, I have witnessed a bit of healing in that food. Giving a gift that God has given her so that others would be cared for. She showed me how to feed and care for the least of these. 
But what does Jesus mean by the least of these? We learn from Scripture that the least of these consisted of those who were hungry, thirsty, a stranger, someone needing clothing or sick or in prison. Now, those who were hungry, thirsty, sick, or in prison, those seem to be a bit obvious to me as to its meaning. But I feel like we need to define a bit more as to what it means to be a stranger. You see, we see this word stranger throughout both the Old and the New Testament. Whether it was Abraham in a foreign land, or the writer of Hebrews who writes about those who show hospitality to strangers is possibly connected to entertaining angels without even knowing it. So how can we define this word? In the times of Jesus, when someone was a stranger in a town, there weren't really hotels or hostels for them to stay in. They had to rely on the hospitality of the town that they were actually in. This idea of a stranger could also be defined as those who are exiles from their own country or another country who have no rights or protection. And particularly in this text, some scholars talk about how Jesus was equating being a stranger in the town with the feelings of recognizing that super, uh, suspicion, fear, and qualified acceptance have no place. And how even though the stranger may be the least of these, a foreigner, an alien, a stranger in a town, within this new society that they have come upon, they are also a member of his family. Ultimately, he is saying to the Jewish people that they need to have a largeness of heart toward the stranger. The founder of Methodism, John Wesley, also invites us to live into this call for largeness of heart by caring for the least of these and what we call the means of grace. The means of grace are ways that God works invisibly in you and me, hastening, strengthening, and confirming our faith so that God's mercy pervades in through us. You see, there are two types. One is works of piety and the other is works of mercy. It is in works of mercy that we find the invitation that Jesus gives us today, doing good works, visiting the sick, visiting those in prison, feeding the hungry, and giving generously to the needs of others, and addressing the needs of the poor. But he doesn't stop there. We're also invited into living this call in our baptism, where we are to seek justice and bring an end to oppression and discrimination in whatever forms they present themselves. But then he says it a third time in a different way. We are again invited into this call by living into the three simple rules that John Wesley gives us. And if you want to know where those are, those are in the book of discipline. The first one is do no harm, do good, and stay in love with God. 
throughout our United Methodist history, but more than that, throughout the history of Christianity, we have been called and challenged to care for the least of these. Elaine Pagel said it best when she said, Jesus' words are the basis for a radical new social structure based on the God-given dignity and value of every human being. You see, these words of Jesus are profound. They're profound because they are very easy to quote, yet often really hard to live into. They are profound because our social structure is one that appreciates charity, but looks down upon those who are in need of it. They are profound because Jesus is challenging the reader to stop obsessing about themselves and their own need and reminding them to offer care to those around them. Earlier, I asked you, where have you seen this played out in your life? Now, I ask you, how have you lived it out? The reality is, each of us confront the least of these on an everyday basis. You don't have to go a mile down the road to see someone who is experiencing hunger, thirst, homelessness, nakedness, sickness, and imprisonment. I think one of the struggles, though, is that too often we get so struck, struck we get so stopped on how we're going to fix this, that, or the other that we forget to care for people in the midst of it. It is understood that we should work for change. God is not saying that. Jesus is not saying that. But what he is saying is you don't just have to solve it. It's an invitation to respond to the human needs of people right in front of us. It's not just fixing a structure. It's caring for people. People with names and faces, just like you and me. The other part of this is recognizing the reality that many of us in this room have been the least of these at some point in our lives. Sometimes in hunger and thirst, homelessness or nakedness, sometimes in sickness, or in struggle. Ultimately, all that Christ is asking of us in this moment is to see Christ in each and every person that we encounter. All of them are the face of Christ, and all are of sacred worth. The hungry, the thirsty, the homeless stranger, the naked ones, the sick, the suffering, those who struggle from mental illness, those in prison. In these words, we are reminded that God did not, Jesus did not come to cause division. He did not come to coerce or dominate. He came to heal. 
He came to bring wholeness to a broken world. He came to bring hope, and we get the opportunity to bring that same hope to the same broken world through his life, his death, and his resurrection. Our call is to respond to people's need for love and simple compassion. In this, Jesus taught us a simple phrase. To love is to live. Meaning the most important thing that we can offer people is to simply be the hands and the feet of Christ, offering them love, often in fundamentally different ways. And in loving, it brings new life to them and it brings new life to us. My mom has taught me to do just that. She lives by loving others. She does so by offering hope in the form of food. What more can we do for one another than to love and care for the least of these? In the name of the creator, redeemer, and sustainer, may the people of God say, Amen.